Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rumors versus Facts, the Georgia Recruiting Show, sponsored by UGASports.com. That is the site where all of us work at. My name is Rodney Nabulsi. I'm joined by Jed May and Lance McCurley. Uh, they are my two top recruiting guys. Uh, maybe we'll get Trent on here. But we don't consider him a top guy because he's always busy with his kids. So, you know, family duties or some BS like that. But anyway, uh, Trent's a great dad, and uh, I respect all the work that he does with his uh, kids, uh, he loves them a lot, and we like to get him on here when he can. So uh, hopefully he'll join us later. But if not, it's okay. We can manage the show without him. Uh, busy weekend for Georgia recruiting. Uh, all the talk was about Caleb Downs, but then you know they also had some visitors. And Georgia's out there. Georgia's on the road uh, constantly seeing guys. So we got a lot to talk about in this week's show, and we appreciate everybody tuning in. Please hit the like button if you would. Or if you don't like it, just leave us a comment, and we will get to them your comments on the screen uh we got lucky dog in here right off the bat and we appreciate him or her being with us all right guys uh let's jump right into it with caleb downs because that was the biggest recruiting news of the week georgia had him in the bag they uh, had him had him enrolled had him uh in athens uh, and then at the last second huge nil deal with ohio state ohio state steps in ohio state's going balls to the wall and I just want to get, kind of get your thoughts about it because um, not so much Ohio State, but the fact that Georgia almost had two All-Americans at safety. That was going to be nuts. And, again, I could tell you it was a done deal, and it was. But uh, apparently deals can be undone in this new NIL age. So, uh, Jeb, we'll start with you. Let me get your thoughts. Yeah, kind of like you said, it, it was done till it wasn't. Um, Caleb went in the portal, I want to say Tuesday maybe um and, and then after that it was kind of like a, a when is he when is the thing going to go public uh Roddy, you went on the board i think it was thursday and and basically said it was, it was a done deal which again it was and then friday we're like okay maybe he'll announce around lunch maybe he'll announce in the afternoon you know i kind of thought that he might pop during kalen DeBoer's uh appearance on fine bob on friday because that would be a, a very curvy thing to do um and it just kept going through the day and then i, I think it was about 8 15 8 30 um, we heard from a source that said, hey, uh, we, we, we think he might be going to Ohio State now. And, and as we tried to chase that down, literally about five minutes later, uh, he, he committed to Ohio State. So, yeah, it was it was a shock um, um, to me. I think everybody out there kind of thought Georgia was the favorite, continued to be the favorite all through it. And then um, it, it obviously turned to Ohio State at the last minute. So it, it's a big miss. But as I said on the show the other night when we were talking about Keon Keeley and um, Jaheim Otis, adding an All-American in safety is probably a luxury item when you're talking about this Georgia team. So um, it, it's a big miss. Yeah, it, it was. It came added. as a little bit of a shock because um, I mean we had, you know, we had we had talked about it, you know, a little bit on Thursday's show, and you know after he went into the portal last week, it was just like, holy crap, this is happening. And then you know we had heard that you know it was a done deal and. It was just a, a waiting game to see, uh, you know, when he was going to uh, announce. Obviously, there were some rumors that he was, you know, getting an apartment in Athens that I don't, I don't think that was true. But I, you know, I was told that you know him and Kirby, you know, when the family went to go eat and the dinner lasted a few hours on Thursday night, and you know, after I had heard that, he, uh, you know, I was like, okay, then you know, this, you know, backs up Roddy's point. This is a done deal. And then you know, Friday night. Or Friday, we're waiting all day to you know, yeah. see, when, see when it's gonna drop, and then it drops at like eight, like eight fifteen. I was actually on my way home from a high school basketball game, and I had to pull over, and I'm like, 
Oh, this is going to be fun. The the board was the board was pretty fun that night. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it was just kind of a shock. And, and I put out a tweet. I'm like, dog damn, Georgia only has one All American safety right now. And <laughs> but I mean, he was you know it was more of the this was more of like the icing on the cake um, rather than and the cherry on top rather than you know you know a huge need and uh, you know I just you know it just shows you how desperate. Ohio State is to pay that much money for a safety uh, when when Georgia's already got you know what they need and you know with the with you know Bolden and then Aguero uh, as well and and a few others Jake Pope and Dan Jackson so the depth is there it's just you know that would have been probably the best More than icing I mean and that's that's a whole other cake. If you get yeah. Caleb Downs, that's that's a second yeah. cake, baby. That, that's that's ice cream on your brownie. You know, it's more than. That. And I get what you're saying. The Georgia's good. Uh, like where the secondary stands, we're gonna have Coach Donnan on tomorrow at six thirty, and we're gonna ask him about the Georgia secondary because I mean, there's a couple years ago when he said, "Look," uh, said he said it off the air, but Georgia was like kicking everybody's butt, and he goes, "I'm worried about this secondary." I'm like, Coach, Georgia hasn't lost a game. Then all of a sudden they get torched, you know, and Ohio State damn near beats them, and he's like, and they were exposed. And he says, I told you in week two I was worried about this secondary, but Georgia had beaten everybody so handily that uh, I didn't think anything of it until it was uh, they was well, the second half of that LSU game in the championship, and then mm-hmm. the Ohio, game, Ohio State game. Yeah. Like, so it, my point is, if anybody can watch a secondary tape, it's good or bad. Coach Donnan can. We're going to have him on tomorrow. It's, uh, we're changing the time because uh, he has a meeting. So instead of normally we do it at 12, we're going to do it at 630 tomorrow. So tune in. I'm going to get his thoughts, you know, kind of a early look ahead to the secondary. Uh, I want to go over real quick. I know a lot of people are done talking about Caleb Downs, but I do want to explain how some of that went down. Uh, When we had the Thursday a week ago uh, reaction show that. uh, uh, Well, when we had the reaction show of. uh, Nick Saban retired, you know, Mm -hmm. we talked about Caleb Downs. We said, no, he won't come here. Then we had the Thursday. you know, the, the T-Rob response or hiring or reaction. And we're like, I say, oh, hey, is he coming here? No, he's not coming here. Then Friday or Saturday last week, I heard from one of the big donors. Like, yeah, we're going after him. We're going after him hard. So I went on the, the uh, vault at UGSports.com. I said, look, I don't want to get your hopes up, folks. But I said twice, he's not coming to Georgia. I'm changing my mind. because Georgia has a possibility. The hiring of T-Rob is a big deal. And part of it was the money that was backing that up too. <clears throat> anyway, uh, then we found out from the coaching staff, got him. Found out from the NIL cooperative, they got him. Found out from the administration and the enrollment, they got him. You're talking about apartments? I know the guy that was taking him around looking at him. So <laughs> I'm not saying they signed a lease, but they were looking. So uh, he was done. It was done. Uh, people were asking me about Ohio State and found out he had told the family or told Ohio State, ah, we're going to Georgia. And then Ohio State came in with a two and a half to three times NIL deal. So it, it's a it's a good bit of money. And I, I don't blame the kid. He's going to be a first round pick wherever he goes, in my opinion. So yeah, uh, people say, well, you need to be developed at Georgia. Yeah, you could be developed at Georgia. Absolutely. And T-Rob could do that. But I don't know that this guy needs a ton of development. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's a he's a freshman All-American. The yeah. First- guy at Alabama to lead the team in tackles in 50 plus years. So uh, getting him would have been nice, but, and Georgia had him. I'm just saying there's a new thing, whereas the same sources that nailed 
Trevor Etienne coming to Georgia, and we reported that he was coming. London Humphreys, Colby Young, Michael Jackson, uh, Xavier McLeod, everybody that we told you, hey, they're coming. They were more sure about Caleb Downs than there were any of them. So it's a there. There is a new way. I don't say of covering this, but a new way of watching recruiting. Because even if you signed, you know, you have escape clauses, unless it's a uh, national letter of intent, or you are not only enrolled, but you got to go to that first day of classes because you can be enrolled somewhere and still go somewhere else. But once you've attended classes, then you're locked in. So. Until you attend classes uh, from now on, I think we're not going to write down who's actually at Georgia unless they've either signed a uh, national letter of intent or we've seen them on campus in uh, Accounting 101. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's, uh, for the fo- folks who wanted the inside baseball aspect of how the whole Caleb Downs thing went down, that was it. Anyway, I want to move on to another big visitor recently. Uh, we talked last week about Juju Lewis re uh, classifying from t- the class of 2026 to 2025. He's the five-star uh, number one quarterback in the nation. He was the number one player in the class of 2026. He reclassified, he's out of Carrollton, uh, to the class of 2025. And you would think a guy moving up an entire year, well, if you're number one, if you're number one sophomore, now you got to compete against all these juniors, where are you going to be in this class? They put him at number two, saying that he could be number one. That's how good Juju Lewis is. And again, our sources are like, hey, Georgia's got a great shot here. And Georgia, to me, we've been saying Georgia's been out of it forever. But there's a renewed uh, effort there, if you will. He's not going to spend his senior season out in California. That's a big deal. And so a lot of eyes are on Juju Lewis, but I want to talk about a different quarterback. I want to get your guys' thoughts on Ryan Montgomery, who this guy has been a target for Georgia for, what, two years? And uh, he was in town recently. Jed, tell me about uh, Ryan Montgomery. Tell the fans and the viewers about Ryan Montgomery and why it matters that he was in Athens this week. Yeah, Ryan Montgomery uh, has out, out of Ohio has unofficially visited Georgia probably I want to say four or five times, which is is huge because that's that's a it, you know it it's not like Juju Lewis making a two hour drive from Carrollton. It's it's a more of an expense to get down there from Ohio. Uh, came down actually visited South Carolina like Friday Saturday. And then came to Georgia yesterday, ate dinner with Mike Bobo and Montgomery Van Gorder last night, and then was on campus today at the facility, had meetings with coaches, all that kind of stuff. So um, as as Trent, our renowned uh, Ryan Montgomery expert, is is here now. But but it, it's big, and it's, it's so interesting because before the question was, okay, does Georgia bother taking a 2025 guy when you have Lewis and Jared Curtis in 26? Do you go all in with Montgomery? And if you don't get him, it's fine. And now the question is, would you take Montgomery knowing that Lewis could go elsewhere? How does Jared Curtis, the 2026 factor in? So the Lewis reclassification is is, is really, really interesting um, just because, I mean, there's a scenario where Georgia gets two of these three guys, maybe three, and there's a scenario where they could end up with none. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot don't of – Don't do that to the viewers, man. Don't do uh, that to them. Trent, do you have anything to add on the whole, you know, the Ryan Montgomery situation after they, you know, after they left campus today? Yeah, I swapped a few messages with his dad, and they're actually having some flight issues, so I'm, I'm going to talk to him more uh, uh, tomorrow. But you know, he, he said um, this, the, you know, coming into the visit, and I mean, leading up the visit, leading up the Dylan Raul stuff, 
it's kind of a mute thing between uh you know george right the, the communication continued but they just couldn't give a definite answer of a priority board if they were going to take a quarterback uh in 24 or 25 and I, that's changed since dylan raola you know went to nebraska and i asked him straight up i was like at did they get a better idea where things stood? And he said, yes, they did. And uh, he said, right now, um, we are right there in the mix. Uh, and, you know, he said, and I said, what well, does Georgia plan to take two in the class? And he said, he didn't give, they didn't give any um, uh, inkling to, to that they were going to take two. Um, right now, the plan is to take one and they'll go from there. But um, it, he said that I think we're in the top tier of guys uh, that they're looking at because I, I mentioned to him, I said, well, maybe uh, possibly would Juju, uh, you know, go into the 25 class, uh, reclassifying. I said, you know, it's him and Ryan. Did they mention that? And he said, they didn't really mention names, but they mentioned that he's in the top tier. So I'm assuming Ryan's right up there with Juju and uh, maybe another guy is that the, the top group that they're looking at in the 25 class now. And that's big. Cause again, if and listen, it's it's not a, a guarantee that Ryan Montgomery would commit to Georgia, even if he even if he's given the green light. I know he's really close with the staff at South Carolina. Um, he's building a relationship with Florida. He's getting down there, I think, in a couple of weeks. Um, so it's not like a you know if Georgia gives him the green light, he's going to commit. But if if Georgia tries to, I guess, slow play Ryan Montgomery for lack of a better word, he will end up at South Carolina, Florida, somewhere else. So then if you go all in on Juju Lewis, if you miss on him, you know, if he sticks with USC or, you know, he's visiting Auburn, he's visiting Colorado, um, you know, there that is a probably not an ideal scenario. Like you said, Trent, given um, Dylan Raiola going to Nebraska, they really want to take a 25 guy now. So it, it's it's very interesting. I think the, the big question is, does Montgomery have, I don't want to say a committable offer, but but does he have the green light to commit if he wants? Because he wants to commit within the next month. At least that's the plan um, that that we've heard as of late. So that's, I think, it's it sounds like, like you said, he might be in that top tier of guys. Georgia might take his commitment if he offered it. Would he pick Georgia? Would they take him? Those are the things that we're going to have to continue uh, trying to dig and find out more in the next couple of weeks. I remember early from his recruitment, and this was before I – Start working on it, but just following him, I and mean, I know that he visited Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State a lot. So was he even, you know, obviously, you know, he's developing these relationships with these SEC schools. But I mean, are those schools still in play? Does that's just a question for you know Trent, um, you know, as he, you know, as he's, uh, you know, narrowing down this decision. Yeah, I think I think uh, you know Penn State's school is still in the mix. I think Ohio State has kind of, uh, you know, it, he's got a brother. Uh, on campus there, so everybody kind of penciled him in at Ohio State early in this recruitment. But um, you know, when Blaine was with us, he always said, you know, it's not a it's not a done deal by any means to Ohio State. And then when Ohio State took another quarterback in that class, and now they got two they took in 2024, kind of eliminates Ohio State. And um, so I, I would say, if he does stay up north, uh, I, I would say Penn State's a team to watch. But uh, I, I would definitely watch, uh, you know, schools down here, such as uh, Florida, Auburn, South Carolina, and, uh, you know, definitely Georgia. You're muted. Mute. Talk to me real quick about Julian Sayan. He's a good kid for Ohio State. Um, <laughs> you know, that was the yeah. one where well, – no, I just wonder because, you know, Georgia yeah. had was looking at that uh, – uh, it was the UNLV kid. Mm-hmm. 
you know, looking at quarterbacks and then all of a sudden, hey, Sagan's back on the market. And this was a kid that wanted to commit to Georgia back in the day. And Georgia's like, yeah. Uh, you want, think the coaches reached out to him? Um, I, would I say don't see it, but I'm just curious because – I don't know that it was ever really seriously, you know, that that would have happened. I mean, I think – I think going to Ohio State, you look at that and you think he has a pretty decent shot to be starting in 25. Yeah. Um, and at Georgia, you know, you're going to be behind, you know, I mean, Gunnar Stockton could be, could have a leg up on you. So I, I don't know. I mean, I would think he probably, there was probably at least a initial, you know, touching base or whatever, uh, but I, it probably didn't progress much beyond that. I, mean, I, I would assume there's some sour grapes there too, behind the scenes. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, they, they didn't take his commitment first time around. They went with Ron Publicity. Uh, most of the time when that happens, uh, it's not necessarily burning a relationship, but it's mostly uh, they, they he was a second choice for Georgia back then, and um, he don't want to be somebody's second choice. So, uh, you know, he, he and, uh, you know, he probably got a million. So, <laughs> Yeah, again, I didn't think Georgia would, but I was just curious because I know that they had recruited him and then, uh, he, you know, we, hey, we had a story ready about yeah. his commitment, and then we found out, uh, no, hang on. So we deleted that one out of the admin because it wasn't going to happen. So I just wondered if, uh, to me, it was kind of shocking that he jumped into the portal, but, you know, Alabama's uh, lost quite a lot. Uh, there were a couple of guys that we thought might go into the portal, and we liked George's chances if they did, uh, but so far they did not do so. Uh, what's the latest on uh, Oates and the uh, other gentleman? Yeah, uh, I mean, yes. I mean, just like you said, they haven't gone on the portal yet. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean that that I don't know what window, How long do they have? They got thirty I mean, days. I know they can't get in class yeah. now. It's been about two weeks since Saban retired, so probably about fifteen, sixteen days. Um, but my thing is, those you know, without without you know, even though Downs was. I wouldn't say a miss, but uh, you know it sucks. He's not coming, you know, for Georgia fans. But these two, these two guys are are like in positions of of need for Georgia. And Downs, like you know, we said was you know kind of like the cherry on top or icing on the cake. Yeah, I, I think um, there there was a lot of. I'll say, I mean, that Downs was a part of those conversations behind the scenes with with those two guys. So, um, you know, when. When he likes to go elsewhere after he's recruiting two kids with him to come there, it's, it kind of uh, – I don't know what those two guys think because that's – you know, I was kind of getting my information through what was being said from those three. So uh, so we'll, we'll see we'll see if those two even go in the portal. Like you said, it's too late to join. Uh, it's too late to even enroll right now, but they still could do it and, and you know, join after spring. But, uh, you know, announce their intentions or, you know – well, they could announce now and then come after spring and they would still be able to play next year. It's the yeah. kids that go into the portal in the spring session of the transfer portal who cannot play at an SE school this upcoming year. Yeah. So as long as uh, they announce their intentions before that 30 days up, they can right. They can transfer. So they could come the summer and still play. So there's not the, the door isn't closed there. And I can tell you there's about anywhere from three hundred and sixty to five hundred thousand dollars in Promised NIL money is now currently available. So uh, <laughs> come one, come all. And uh, it'll be interesting to watch Alabama have to put together some of their losses out of that uh, in that second window in the spring. And there'll be a lot of kids that want to go play at the University of Alabama. 
But until the SEC either loses in court or uh, vacate the rule, you are not allowed to play in the SEC if you transfer in that second window after spring practice. So uh, Alabama will be looking far and wide for guys from outside the SEC who can transfer in and play next year. So it'll be very, very interesting there. It's going to be a glorified Washington team the way it looks. Yeah, yeah. very much. Uh, real quick, uh, Andy Stowe, um, a great supporter of us. And he has, has a very good show that a lot of people watched last night uh, on the Sunday night show. He says, can you all elaborate on that little? They took uh, Ryan Pugliese and said no to Julian Sayan. Uh, then they wanted Rayola too. Why not take Pug and Sayan originally? That's a good question. I'll be honest. I don't remember, Trent, you might remember. I don't remember the timeline of of Puglisi and Sayan's decisions in relation to each other, but I do remember that Raiola was like a tier above what, what like they, they would have added him because you know, even during the Arch Manning recruitment, Georgia was like, they, they might like Raiola as much, if not more than Manning. So um, it was a, you know, we're set just taking Puglisi. We're, we're not in love with these other guys, but once Raiola came back on the market, it's like, we're going to do, whatever we can to add this guy and let everything sort itself out after that. So, um, yeah, I don't remember if they had Puglisi in the fold when they said no to saying, I honestly don't remember how those stacked up. Um, but again, it was, it, Raiola was a, a prospect who they just, they really wanted to get to Athens. They liked him so much as a prospect, uh, compared to all the other guys in that class that they wanted to, uh, to bring him in with Puglisi, who again, Roddy, as we've said, George, he is he even when Raiola was committed, he was far from the you know the quote unquote other quarterback in that class. Georgia coaches are very, very, very high on him. Um, yeah, the, the players are high on him. And divorce, you know, is obviously physical traits. Um, so Puglisi yeah. worked out in, in front of uh, the summer of 2022. Worked out in front of uh, Todd Monk and, and Mike Bobo, and they loved him. And it was uh, you know he came on campus and, and worked out in front of them and. Uh, and, um, you know, it went into September, uh, I think late September of 22 is when we had Joey and saying uh, his commitment story ready. He, he said he was committing and uh, and it kind of caught us off guard when it they said uh, when he called to commit, Georgia said no. Then all of a sudden you see Ron Puglisi commit in October. I think you had a situation where Dylan Raul was a take no matter what. Then they had Puglisi higher than saying on the board. Uh, and that was their thing. If, if Dylan Rowell commits, it's a luxury. Um, if he doesn't, you know, Puglisi. got a quarterback. So uh, I think it was more so. And where they stood and where it ended up is where they were at, you know, in the fall of 2022 is they had Puglisi higher than saying on the board uh, after his workout in that summer. And then Dylan Rowell came available. He committed. That was just a luxury of having both of them, and then he ended up going elsewhere. So then you're back where you, where they started, where they had, uh, you know, they had him over, saying then. So I think that was where it. I think that was where it went. That makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, you know, not taking a quarterback the year before, taking two this past. Ideally, they wanted two this past year, which is kind of why I asked about the whole you know, Julian Sam being back on the market. You know, they had two, they lost one. Uh, then they were looking to add the UNLV guy, then they didn't. So I'm like, eh, maybe same. So I, I know we're getting off on a tangent there, and I appreciate you guys indulging me with it. But uh, so other people had asked, so I'm not, I'm not the only one. You know? and, and if you add a guy like Julian saying you take, and it's going to take a chunk of NIL change out of it to do it, 
that, does that lessen your chances for a guy like Juju or even the NIL? Uh, I think they're they're kind of looking, you know, down the down the lines, and I know that's a ways down the lines, but Juju ain't going to come cheap NIL wise. So, uh, uh, but, real quick for on Juju Lewis, people like, oh, Georgia doesn't stand a chance in the normal Georgia system of the way the NIL is currently set up. And folks, uh, uh, James Caraway has a good uh, comment here. He's had a bunch of good comments. I should be putting them all on the screen. Uh, he says, can you break down the letter from the donor on the forum? We had a multi-million dollar donor go on to, uh, he basically sent me a letter. I know him, one of the greatest men I've ever met. Fantastic person. Uh, guy gives a lot of money to UGA. Uh, biggest UGA fan you'll ever find. Puts his money where his mouth is. He was reading the board. He saw the, um, uh, the consternation when everybody was in the transfer portal. He's seen... Georgia lose Dylan Rayola the last second and Caleb Downs at beyond the last second after it was completely done. Uh, and he knows there have been other players that Georgia's wanted, and especially with guys transferring. A lot of that, a lot of the transfers were about NIL. And uh, Georgia has won some of those battles. Trevor Etienne, for one. You know, they Georgia put up really good money for him. They put up decent money for KJ Bolden, but Bolden himself will tell you he took less to come to Georgia. Uh, this multi-million dollar donor went on uh, UGA Sports, sent me the letter. I posted it for him so that they wouldn't uh, know who it was. And uh, he wrote a, a huge piece about what's going on at Georgia with NIL. And remember, a lot of people, when you give NIL money, you don't get all those extra. If you give to the McGill Society or you give to the UGA Athletic Association, they can use that money to uh, en enhance the facilities. They can use that money to... Pay coaches, pay for the scholarships. You have kids going to classes. The, Un the University of Georgia Athletic Association has to pay the university for those classes. So they're paying the scholarship, the tuition and all that. The, the, uh, the university doesn't just say, hey, yeah, we, you're on scholarship. You can go to classes for free. The university gets their money from the athletic association. So the university athletic association needs money to pay its coaches, to pay its um, staff. And then, of course, the coaches need money for NIL. And the two are almost incompatible because people who give money to NIL don't get all those cool uh, points towards their seats and their priorities. They don't get a tax break on it. It's not tax deductible. Like if you give to the athletic association, there's a tax deduction. Or if you give to UGA, it's not when you do NIL. Now, if you have a business, it can be uh, there's it can be listed as a business expense, but the point being, Georgia is good in NIL, but compared to Texas and Texas A&M and Ohio State, you're millions behind. You're, you're just you're not close. Um, you're you're better than most, far better than most, and getting better every day. But you're you're behind. So uh, he wrote a great letter explaining all that stuff. I, I, I recommend everybody go check it out at ujsports.com. It explains a lot, and. I'll say this, the, the reason I bring that up is because when it comes to Juju Lewis, this is a guy who will probably wind up um, not going through the normal NIL channels, kind of like Brock Bowers. I could definitely see corporate money here. And again, yeah. a lot of the NIL deals are corporate, you know, companies pay for stuff, but I'm talking, this would be like Delta corporate. This would be Coca-Cola, Home Depot. It's not going to be uh, some of the smaller mom and pop shops. Okay. This is going to be, he's going to command major major dollars and if georgia can line that up georgia's got a chance if they can't get it we'll stop talking about juju and we'll talk a lot more ryan montgomery stuff 
Uh, real quick, I, I want to ask you guys about something else I don't know, which is pretty common. <laughs> Who's this? Yeah, well, he's from no. Stanford, uh, so he must be pretty smart. Uh, yeah. He's been here like a tight end. He visited, I want to say it was that first weekend, first visitor weekend in January, uh, which is, what, 10 days ago or so now. Um, he had a visit lined up to Texas. Texas has taken a transfer tight end, um, I believe, from Alabama. So yeah. uh, Georgia appears to be in good shape here. Um, and people say, oh, why Why would you take a tight end? Why does Georgia need a tight end? Well, you've got Oscar Delp, who is, you know, he's, he's proven to be a, a solid piece in that tight end room. And then behind him, you've got Lawson Lucky and Pierce Sperlin, which, which Pierce Sperlin was, has been dinged up a lot of last year. Lawson Lucky had injuries to deal with. And then you've got two freshmen behind them. So you don't have a ton of uh, experienced depth, I guess, behind Oscar Delp. And, you know, if something happens to him, then you're, then you're really getting thin. So adding a guy like Urasek, he's played, I think, four years at Stanford, Roddy. Or has been at Stanford four years, anyways. He's you know put up solid stats over the past three years. So a guy who he got good size. He's you know six four two forty. He, he again smart guy. So it, it'd be a depth piece, um, a, a contributing depth piece. A guy who would play a lot, who would catch some passes, but a guy who also keeps you from from maybe depending on freshmen more than than you'd like to. So um, Georgia looks to be in good shape if you connect the dots. But now we're just kind of in wait and see mode. Does he take any more visits? Does he does he pop soon? I don't know how the honestly how all the transfer stuff works as far as can he get in for classes now, or does he have to wait till the summer? So that's another kind of wrinkle to it. But um, yeah, bottom line, Georgia appears to be in good shape to add a uh, a talented guy from a uh, from Stanford. Yeah, I think he's a um, very good blocker as well. So if you're talking about you're going down the list of Georgia tight ends just a minute ago, and, and, and you're looking at uh, a guy that can split out uh, Spurwin, uh, you know, that, you know, you talk about the two freshmen um, that are, that'll be coming in, but then uh, Oscar Delp's more of a, you know, split out guy. And this guy can catch passes, no doubt about it, but he is a very good blocker. And I think that brings a, uh, uh, you know, if you want to get in that 12 personnel and you want to use Oscar Delp, like you use Brock Bowers, and uh, that just gives another dimension to that that offense, and that allows that to happen um, by bringing uh, you know a tight end in that that is will uh, willing to block has has you know played in line tight end at Stanford good bit you know uh, they haven't been quite up to the standards they were but uh, they they played hard nosed football and uh, you know he he's experienced you know playing that in line tight end so it just brings another guy in uh, that you know they can do that and 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 more importantly. And being able to get in that twelve personnel block. Yeah, like Trent said, depth depth is depth is always great to have, and and he's smart too. He can bring up the team GPA. Not, not exactly. <laughs> hey, George, George's got a scholar. I mean, a graduation issue that people are banging yeah. over. So if he if he could wear goggles with a helmet, yeah. on, that that would be, would be, I, I was looking. Hey, sc- damn you! That's why I was scrolling through the photos to see if he actually wore those glasses underneath there. Because these are some birth control glasses he's got on yes. here in this picture, man. That is just unfortunate. And I know it's just a reflection on the thing. That's not tape in the middle. It's just a reflection of the glasses. He's got those kind of oh, wayf- Wayfair styles on. But, man, that is just an unfortunate photo. Stanford's doing him dirty there. Oh, he's got him with a skinhead uh, look there, you know, with all the shorn. Yeah. He actually has hair, man. Y'all are that Stanford. That's why he's transferring. Get away from the- it kind of looks like Dan McDonald with goggles. 
<laughs> I mean, look at that's a that's a handsome dude there in that picture. Yeah, but there, Jesus, Man, that's not that's that's cold blooded Stanford. Y- y'all are wrong for that. I hope Dan ain't watching this. Yeah, he's gonna get out of there. All right, um, real quick today, a bunch of uh, sh- there's a shakeup in the five stars. Georgia added a five star today, not mm-hmm. mint wise, but rankings wise, and we all know that the rankings are solely, solely done by our own Jed May. Right. So we got to ask Jed May about why he finally changed the rankings for Georgia. Yeah, well, I told you all the last time the rankings were updated that Joseph Jonah Johnye, which I think he was like 60-ish um, in the last rankings update. And I said, hey, Jordan Hall was in this same ballpark last year, and he had a great time at the – all-American bowl or game or whatever, and shot up to a five-star. Joseph John Ojanye has done the same thing. He, he had a great week at the Under Armour game down in Orlando, um, and he shot up. Player cards aren't updated, but I believe he is 16th in the country now is where I have him. So, um, yeah, he's a great – I mean, he's, he's just at 6'5", 260. He honestly looked a little bigger than that at the uh, at the Under Armour game. So he's – you can put him on the end. You could honestly kind of use him as you know, maybe how Michael Williams has been used. You could – Depending on how how what weight they want him at, you could maybe slide him in as a three tech in certain situations. Um, and he's a guy; he's just an explosive athlete on the edge. And I mentioned this in the, in the, the story I wrote today. Georgia is trying to figure out ways to to generate more havoc, to get after the quarterback, to create pressure. Um, that hasn't necessarily been a, a super strength the past year or two. And when, when you're when you're looking for guys to get after the quarterback, I could see Jonah Janya, you know, carving because he he's early enrolling, um, as are all the all four or five stars there, um, carving out a, a role for himself as the season goes on. Maybe at first in, in in situational pass rushing roles at third down package, and then maybe getting even more, um, you know, standard down playing time uh, as the year goes on. I, I'd love to see you know him lining up as the five tech, uh, Michael lining up more in a jack position, uh, having those two uh, guys rush the passer because, you know, Georgia plays a lot of that uh, 4-2-5 with three safety look or the, you know, the stars, but this is really a safety. But uh, it, it's it, you, you got your, you know, your your one three five most of the time, sometimes a 4 I but um, you, you, I'd love to see those two guys rushing, rushing the passer and uh, they could cause some havoc, have your uh, interior guy do the Jordan Hall or something, but I think you would create more pressure doing that. And it's, it's you know, no offense to the current Georgia uh, uh, Chaz Chambliss and those guys, but they, they can't create the pressure like Michael can on the edge. And Michael doesn't do it as good in, in, in you know, playing on the interior, um, especially uh, in that nickel situation. They, he he doesn't do it as good. So I think having two guys that can rush the passer on the end, like a, uh, a Joni and uh, Michael, would just make that pass rush a lot more dynamic. Well, and you start thinking about the guys who have flashed something like Jalen Walker has flashed in a pass rushing role. Damon Wilson flashed at points last year. Like you start thinking about all the mixing and matching you can do, getting those guys on the field, especially, like I said, in those third down packages. And, and all of a sudden that pass rush, uh, you know, looks a lot more different. So again, a guy who get after the passer, and you can talk about the other guys. Ellis Robinson is uh, third overall. He is the top ranked defensive player in the country. Justin still- Williams, uh, Joe Johnny's teammate is 11th overall. And then KJ Bolden, is uh, 14th of Georgia right there. It's got the number one corner, number one inside linebacker, number one safety, and uh, Jonah Johnny, I believe, is second among uh, strong side defensive ends. Uh, we so, don't want him then. Yeah, well, you, you're, you're, you're not number one. Hey, 
You know, yeah, you know who the number one is. It's a certain uh, strong side defensive end out in uh, Missouri that Georgia yep. won. Yeah. Can't get number one. You have to, you have to uh, settle for number two. So, but you, you know what? It's kind of a it's kind of a shot in you know George's face, but for Jed putting Dylan Raul in number two and Ellis Robinson number three because mm-hmm. we all we all know who the better player is. So. Yeah. Listen, you know you got to think about positional value with these things. There's there's a lot of you know think just think how happy the I could have made the Nebraska fan base by uh, by having that. So you got they haven't been a great program in the past few years. You got to throw them a bone once in a while. So. Um, and yeah, obviously Jeremiah Smith from Ohio State is number one. That kid is a freak show at receiver. So, and the only person that's been able to shut him down or contain him is at number three. Yeah, <laughs> which Ellis Robinson. I mean, he he you know he's at IMG Academy, so he's going against great players in practice every day. They play a a national schedule, so he's playing some of the best receivers in the country on Friday nights every week, and he just he. I, I, Put this in the story that he he wins those matchups more often than not. So he is a an absolute just freak show. Yeah, John Garcia talking about Ellis Robinson will make your mouth water. Yeah, John's been covering recruiting longer than I've been alive. It feels like I mean the guy's been around a long time. When he says this is maybe the best one he's seen since Patrick Sertain. I'm like, yeah, that's it. You can take <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, damn. that's good company. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's that's high praise indeed. And uh, Coach Haynes uh, Hayes says uh, he would definitely fit that uh, weak side uh, tech edge guy. So, if Coach Hayes says it, then I believe it. He's, he's a good dude. Uh, speaking of George, right now still number one in the rankings. Uh, the rankings will be updated tomorrow. Check around noon. They'll be at the release of the Rivals 250, and we will see how the uh, class rankings shake out. Right now, Georgia is uh, number one rankings uh, with four five-star prospects, but they might. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, uh, could they get another one? It's possible. Um, you know, Terry Bussey there is is taking an official visit to Athens this weekend, committed to a and I believe a and is getting an official visit again, or an official visit. Yeah, he's going to LSU as well. Um, Dante Williams has gotten Georgia right in the thick of this. You know, he said it, Trent, you talked to him at, uh, at the All-American Game Bowl, uh, the Orlando one. And yeah, my connection with Dante Williams has, has really gotten Georgia into this. So, but it was, it was interesting because he played receiver at the All-American Bowl, but Georgia wants him as a DB, which should surprise absolutely no one. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, I think the relationship with Dante Williams has gotten Georgia in it before you know, leading up to this, it has seemed like, and, and it's, I'll be honest, it's not a recruitment I followed super closely because Georgia hadn't been in it. It seemed like a Texas A&M LSU battle. It very well still kind of looks like that could be that. I would predict he ends up at one of those two, but getting him on campus for an official, especially this close to signing day, um, is, is definitely noteworthy. And listen, I, I wouldn't say Georgia is desperate for a defensive back, but they very clearly tried very hard to add Caleb Downs. So now, like, okay, well, we missed on Caleb. Do we ramp up the pressure that much more to get a Terry Bussey in here? So, yeah, a long shot, I would say. But George is definitely going to take their biggest swing at it this weekend and uh, and see where they stand after that. I think it ups the chances a lot by not landing Caleb Downs. I think if you right. do land Caleb Downs, you 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 have zero to no chance uh, to land this kid because you know that that fills that safety room up. Um, but not uh, landing 
Caleb, I think, it, you know, and we talk about the relationship with Dante Williams. There's a relationship there with Javaris uh, Robinson, too. And sure. I think that's that that's another big one that that brings two familiar faces that's recruited him. And uh, now you have two guys that that he's had prior relationships with. He's very close with Dante Williams. I mean, very close. And um, he talked about that being his best relationship. Now he's got another another coach who's actually coaching the safeties in Travaris Robinson. So um, having two familiar faces there, and, and along with Kirby Smart, you, you got to like where Georgia, uh, you know, kind of stands going into the official visit. Uh, whether or not they can knock A and M off, I think that's going to be the key um, because A and M's fighting to keep him, you know, with his situation and stuff, keeping trying to keep him close to home. But uh, I do think, uh, you know, Georgia does have it have a chance here because you bring them on campus, never been on campus, and uh, having two familiar faces in there and uh, having those those relationships are very will, will help out, uh, you know, moving this visit. And like Roddy said, there's some NIL money open. Yeah. And isn't signing day on the 7th? It's the 7th of February, I think the first Wednesday, right? And, and I think his uh, visit schedule, I believe it's – Trying to think, it might be LSU this weekend, coming weekend, and then Georgia next weekend, and then A and M's right after it. I think Georgia um, is this coming weekend. I think. Might be Georgia, then LSU, then A and M. I think Georgia first. So Georgia you know, February third. Georgia's gone with this whole. I mean, it, it's different because it's right at the end, but Georgia has gone with this whole for getting the first visit strategy uh, before. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but well, it's a complete 180 from where they used to be. They used to fight to get yeah. me last. Exactly. So they got a chance to set the bar this weekend. And, you know, he, again, after Georgia, he will be visiting the two schools that had seemed to be battling for him for a while. But, again, you get him on campus, you you got a shot. And they've certainly uh, – they got, they got a shot uh, by getting him on the – yeah, getting him in town this weekend. I think that strategy's changed also with the fact that you, you bring him in uh, early – you give your, you know, you kind of, they, they build up NIL package with them. Uh, yeah. Then they, you know, they show them to them. Then that somebody else is, you know, of course somebody else is going to come higher and, and, and other visits. You kind of see where you stand moving yeah. forward to see what kind of pitch you can make towards the end uh, of that and, and not have to uh, have that last pitch throw in. And then, you know, everybody else is fighting to beat you. Uh, right. instead of, I also like this aspect of it too. So, you, like you say, you get your pitch in there, uh, you get their undivided attention. They're not worn out from visits, but also a visit in the hand is worth two in the bush because sometimes guys just. How many times have we seen a guy cancel a, a, his second, third, fourth visit? Mm -hmm. Not to the same school, but it's like, hey, I've got three visits lined up. I got four visits lined up. I got five visits lined up. And all of a sudden, fourth and fifth, even though they're going to be like the last ones, like, ah, oh, no, I'm, I'm good. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, they get somewhere else. So, to me, I think it's a uh, – I always thought if the, the whoever had the last say counts the most, but I see why they've changed their philosophy. It makes a lot of sense, and uh, I think you nailed it there with the whole, you know, get everything out in front of them. Uh, like Jed said, set the bar and set the narrative early on, what you can do and what, there's, what they're going to see. All right, that's it for the uh, – those guys, let's ask, look at some of the questions that we had. And I think we've answered most of them, but I want to touch on them just in case. Um, let's go over here to uh, PA Dog 610. He says, uh, What do y'all think about getting Alabama players in the spring portal window? 
kind of touched on that, that there are a couple of players at, at Alabama who could transfer now, arrive mm-hmm. in the summer and play this fall. But if you take Alabama players, if they never go into the portal in the fall, I mean, in the spring period, they can't play for you next year. Now, here's the thing. That is an SEC rule, and a lot of the rules are just being absolutely obliterated every time they go to court. So who knows? But as it stands now, don't know that you're going to take anybody from Alabama because they can't play right away. And I don't think Kirby's going to take anybody who he doesn't think can play. Uh, am I wrong? Thoughts? No, I don't think so. No, I, mean, I, think, I think you could see, like like the, the guys that we mentioned, you, you, I think Kirby would uh, – would you know jump all over the fact that if they entered the portal, uh, and, and he would take them in in the summer, and um, or you know that if they enter the portal in the next sixteen days or whatever, he can still take them. They can enroll in the summer, and then he he would still take those guys because those are two positions of need. Uh, I think it all depend on what players enter, or what, if it was if it was a need or not, um, because they wouldn't get that spring practice with your team. Um, but defensive tackle and outside linebacker are definitely two two positions where uh, you need depth and uh, just just needs there on the defense side. And George is going to need to uh, George is going to have some players hit the portal after spring. Yeah, I, mean, I think you need it. <laughs> you need to clear up some room there, if I'm not mistaken. Just to get down to that 85. Yeah. Uh, Last warrior says, uh, "How long will it take the vault to recover from the downs debacle?" It says for me, a commitment from Terry Busey would uh, help. Excuse me, Bussy. Uh, what is the vibe? Is he really that much of a threat to decommit from uh, Texas A&M? Seems just seems like a long shot with him coming in for the visit. I think we kind of touched on that real quick. But uh, real last thoughts: uh, Is he? Do you think he sticks with A&M, or do you think he decommits? And what he told me in Orlando, and I asked him straight up. I said, "Are you know, are you still committed? How committed are you?" He said, "Well, I'm still committed." but my recruitment is open. That's so I'm, not committed. <laughs> exactly. But he's open to other people's pitches. He's open. He, he's not, hasn't closed the door on anything is the way I took it. So with the coaching change at A&M and all the changes mm-hmm. then taking place, he didn't decommit, but he's opened the door to other schools to, to give their pitch and, you know, see it, see a Texas A&M is still the right place for him. The way I took it, so I think if somebody comes in and just blows his, uh, you know, turns his head, and uh, uh, you know, it, I, I think I think he can change quickly. I don't think he's very committed in that way. I think he loves Texas A and I think he loves being close to home, but at the same time, it's a different coaching staff, and he he you know he, he's going to evaluate his options and and go from there. Gotcha. He's a smart. He's a very smart kid when it comes to you know talking and uh, you know discussing his recruitment. And I know he's had a hard life, but you can tell he's very mature. Nice. A right, question from R Hall Fifty Five says, "How will how big will the twenty twenty five class be, and what percentage will be in state players?" So I think uh, I, I, mean, I think I think a good portion. Now I'm looking at the list. Now you've got Juju um, at the top at the top, but like the next, you know. Three, four behind him, Elijah Griffin, which Trent has a forecast, um, a future cast to, for him to come to Georgia. Justice Terry, who's already committed. Zayden Walker, who out of Schley County, who is one of the top linebackers in the country, uh, outside linebacker. He's been to Georgia a bunch. Jed's talked to him. And then Elias Williams, who is already committed and Georgia's trying to hang on to. So I think uh, 
a good percentage. Um, and I think that Georgia has a chance to land four out of five guys, if not five, all five out of the top, uh, you know, 10 in the state. And then, you know, from there you've got John T. Gilbert, who's made Chroma, um, Mason Short and Josh Petty, and then another kid who I've never really heard of. But I mean, that's, What's that like six, six, seven out of ten that they could possibly land? So, yeah, I mean, this is a class where I mean, because everyone talked about Georgia until they got KJ Bolden, they missed on so many of the top guys that played at Georgia the past couple of years. But this year, I mean, again, like you said, Lance, Ethan Barber's on this list. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of guys that the talent is kind of spread out through the state, I guess. I mean, Georgia is in great shape with Elijah Griffin, great shape with Zayden Walker. Um, you know, they're coming on in, in Jonte Gilbert's recruitment all of a sudden. Um, I mean, Kevin Wynn, as a Lance, you know, who is a defensive tackle, a three-star yeah. that has gotten in and is, is in hot pursuit of that could fill that kind of zero tech role. So yeah, Josh Petty, um, you yeah, know, Juan, Juan, Juan Gaston down there. Yeah. There's a ton of guys that Jordan is in good shape with early, um, I mean, Tav- Tavion Wallace is a guy who's coming on the radar now. Visited that, uh, I believe, first week, first visitor weekend in January. So, uh, right there, number nineteen in the state. So, there's a ton of guys at multiple positions that Georgia is in on. And yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, let's see, it's, let's say you get twenty. Let's just say twenty-eight kids. I mean, you could easily get probably ten from the state okay. of Georgia. Close yeah. to, close well, here, here's the, the percentage. Uh, if you look back at the last class they signed, let's use the twenty class of 2024. You signed 28. Nine of them were from within the state of Georgia. So that's roughly 33%. I say you signed 28 again, and yeah. you're probably looking at about 33 to 40%. I think you're in a much better position for the, the like, as you say, the top 10 in mm-hmm. the state of Georgia than you have been in the last three years. Last two years has been abysmal when it comes to landing the top 10 players in the state of Georgia. Uh, this year, you look dead set. Now, granted, it's a long time before, you know, this coming December when these kids can sign. But well, I think it's trending right now. Damn. If Georgia lands a 26 commits in this class, I see no less than, uh, you know, 12 to 13 in-state guys. Um, yeah. so the chance, knowing Kirby Smart, there's, there's some under-the-radar – defensive back like like a javon buller type even the Demello jones yeah. type that isn't really on the radar yet and then he comes and camps in the spring or summer and georgia offers and he ends up committing you know there's a lot of time for that kind of stuff to happen too so yeah i would bet yeah 35 40 pushing up to 50 percent of the class could be uh could be from the state this year yeah all right that's good good answer this is the most stacked uh you know class as a whole, you know, a lot of times you'll see certain positions, but this class has it all. I mean, it has the quarterback. It has several, uh, you know, dynamic running backs. It's got a couple wide receivers. It's got the two tight ends or you know, two committed to Georgia. It's got offensive linemen, Short and Cortez Smith and those guys. It, defense linemen stacked. And uh, and really, if, if there's one position that is lacking, it might be uh, it might be like interior linebacker that Georgia's not really a need for in this class. So. Um, other than that, I think, I mean, this, this class is really, um, really good in the state of Georgia. Yeah, I think and, you have to get to Tavion Wallace before you get to a linebacker that's in the top 20. I mean, Z- Georgia wants Zayden Walker as an inside linebacker. I think we probably have him listed as outside. No, we, yeah, yeah, I thought he was outside. 6'3", yeah. as, 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 uh, as inside is what he's told me. Okay. No, I, mean, I get it. 
Um, but yeah, like you said, Trent, it's it, if there's one position where where it didn't necessarily hurt Georgia to not be strong in the status class, it's it's inside linebacker with what Georgia's brought in uh, over the past couple classes. And Jaden Ferlotti, Georgia is is talking to him about inside linebacker too. I don't know where he is on this list, um, but those are two of the top. You know, yeah, but he goes to Buford, so you know you're not gonna land him. This yeah. this defensive class in the state of Georgia has a chance to build this uh, build Georgia's defense line for the next four years. I mean, that, that, these are a bunch of studs. Like mm-hmm. Elijah Griffin and Justice Terry alone are just freaking natures. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, two and, yeah, they're number two and number three in the uh, state rankings. They're both five-star guys. There's only three five-stars in the uh, class so far, they're, and there are two of them, as you say. And uh, I'm about 20 minutes from Manchester, so I'm going to be going to see a lot of Justice Terry right now. God, he's he's so fun to watch. If, mm-hmm. if Manchester would use him correctly, and I hope they let him practice. I hope they let him practice and like hit people. I'll just go watch practice every day because he's fun to watch. Yeah. Right, uh, last question. Uh, we'll finish with this one. Whiskey and weed. One of our diehard uh, uh, UGA sports uh, commenters he says, "Who's the most underrated five star, Georgia or otherwise?" Let me call him up real quick. Who's the one? Who's the most underrated five star? Who's the most underrated five star? So the five stars in right above uh, Sammy Brown. We only have 27 five stars this year. And well, we have 31. Are- Those player cards aren't updated yet, but oh, okay. pretty close to the whole list. Like Jonah Ajanye is not on there yet. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, not. I don't know why it's not updated yet. But come on, slackers. Get around. Yeah, that's, I, I got to get on that. Um, underrated five stars. I mean, Ellis Robinson has has an argument to be the number one player in the country. Like it's hard to say he's underrated at three overall, but he is. He's just he's so good um, at corner. I think both of those Florida or uh, that Florida inside linebacker. Yeah, really Miles Graham is really good. Out and, of Academy. I would probably say he's underrated. I don't know where he's at uh, as far he's as a, I think in the new ones he was like twenty eight. I would say he's underrated at 28. Yeah. I think he's really, really good. I think he him and, uh, you know, that, um, let's say. I'm going to, I'm, hey, I'm looking at Mike Matthews and Ryan Wingo, 23 and 24, at least how they stand now. I know Ryan Wingo dropped a lot, but everybody in the country was trying to get Ryan Wingo for some reason. Mm-hmm. I'm saying there's the coaches like him. I don't know, though. And we still have him as a five star, but I don't know. Anyway. We'll, we will. That is a. Uh, we'll have more on that next uh, at noon tomorrow when the full 250 comes out. All the player pages will be updated. We'll be able to go through the position things, and we can talk about that next Monday on the show. Anyway, that's all the time we have for this week. I appreciate everybody tuning in. If you would do me a huge favor and hit that subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm trying to get to 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. It's just a crazy goal. And, take a while to get there but that's that's the next one and if you're watching us on uh, facebook hit the like button that really helps us out on facebook we appreciate it all right for trent uh lance jed and myself we will see you next week take care